0: Then my parents came back to Venice, because my father was a
1: gondolier. Welcome to Italy Inside Out. I'm your host, Andrea Aldrich. One of my most favorite destinations in all of Italy is Venice comprised by more than a hundred islands connected by bridges it is renowned for its beauty of its location its architecture and its art from humble beginnings in the fifth century it developed into a naval and commercial power in the middle ages as the republic of venice and became an important artistic influence during the renaissance it is now listed as a unesco world heritage site and is often referred to as the most romantic city in the world Today, to help unravel some of the history and present-day life in Venice, I am joined by my favorite Venetian guide, Caterina Nardin. Caterina has degrees in language and literature from the University of Venice, and she speaks at least four languages, and is well-versed in all things Venetian. Hello, Caterina. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks, Andrea. How are you doing? I'm okay. Caterina, would you please tell us a little bit about your background and how long you've lived in Venice?
0: Well, actually, as you know, I was born in England just because my mother was British. And my mother and father met in Venice a long time ago. Then they decided to go and live in England. And for that reason, I was born in a small town very close to London called Tilford. Then my parents came back. Venice, because my father was a gondolier. So you imagine no gondolas in England, and so for this reason, my father couldn't. I mean, he found a job. He spoke very good English. She spoke other languages like I do. So in any way, he was not happy because if you live in Venice, Venice, as you know, is a unique place built on the water, no cars, no noise, and so for this reason, he was very. I will not tell you unhappy, but let's say a um, little bit uh, far away from his hometown. And that's what we all feel. You see, even my young uh, oldest daughter who lived in Berlin, Germany for quite a long time, one day she said, I'm coming back to Venice for the same reason my father did. Well, I went to school in Venice, so uh, in ground school, uh, you know, that in Italy we have uh, all of those different schools until we reach university level. And in my class, actually, just the two of us decided to major at the university. And I wrote, uh, as you, I probably never told you, uh, my research, my final research at the university was on Um, uh, literature, of course, as you said, in the very, very beginning, written in English, but it dealt with a woman who was alive until 2005 from Zimbabwe. So I was mainly interested in literature, dealing with women Mm. who spoke English all over the world. And sometimes, if I have time, I organize tours dealing with women in Venice which is also very interesting. So if somebody is interested in that, remember that we can also develop that subject in the city of Venice. That's very interesting.
1: Yeah. Would you give us a little bit of the history of Venice? I know that uh, I understand that it was basically begun as a refuge away from the barbarians, but there's more to it than that. Well, you know that uh, <laughs> to summarize that in a few
0: words is very, very hard. I use and to divide history into phrases like my teachers used to say, is very hard. But we can say the beginning starts when the Western Roman Empire collapsed. That's in the fifth century, and that refers to what you actually said right at the moment: the barbarians that started moving in the area where we are, from the early centuries, I think. So from that era onwards until the end of the Western Roman Empire, you have those migrations of people who actually fled away and decided to come and live in what Venice became later. You know, the first centuries, let's say the first 500 centuries in Venice, they were very, I mean, uh, hard because, people had to uh, live in an area where they had to bring in, like we do today, everything starting from building material, um, from food, they went fishing, they exploited salt pans. So in the beginning, you know, they they went to the East, as we can refer to the ninth century, when St. Mark's uh, relics were brought to Venice. So they're talking about an early era, um, so St. Mark's Basilica, The first church was built back then. But it's really after the year 1000 that Venice starts changing its aspect from wood into stone. And that's very important because you can see the development um, because of trading, because of money, because uh, of the spices that they sold, that they brought from east to west, that they made the money through trading, that they developed little by little uh, their activity the trading, but also they changed the city. And while they were doing that, they were also, I mean, changing uh, the um, the government from a kingdom, if you can say that, into a republic. And so, little by little, the republic, uh, mean the height, was in the 1500s, late 1500s. But already after the discovery of America, you know, it started to decline. So there were changes back then, there were changes because of the Muslims taking over, coming from east to west, and then technology boats were fairly too small, and other reasons. So literally, we come to the end in 1797 with the French that took over. In this period of time, if you want to... Mention how big Venice was in terms of population, which is usually very interesting. You have 100,000 people living in Venice in the Middle Ages, let's say, until uh, the Renaissance, 1500s, when population doubled, and you go as far as our time, 1950s, you had nearly the same, 175,000. Now, you came to Venice a few years ago that we met last, now we are less than we were, we are less than 52,000 in the city, downtown. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and you live in the Castello neighborhood, is that right? No, I
0: actually, I if um, my, I lived uh, when I was a child in different parts. I lived in St. Mark's, I lived uh, near St. Mark's in Castello. Then I lived uh, near the Rialto Bridge. And I, when I married, I went to live on Jutecta. My, I should live on that, but I actually live downtown in Canareggio now, Canareggio District, which is, together with Castello, you know, the two largest and most populated district in Venice. If anybody comes to Venice, the best way to see it is go district by district.
1: I know when you took my group, um, the la- I think the last time I was there, we took a walk through the Costello District. It is such, sí. It's such a different atmosphere than the San Marco. It's so quiet oh, and beautiful. I, know, I mean, Venice is beautiful everywhere, but of course there are crowds in, in the main uh, tourist areas. But there are
0: no crowds now. Oh, yeah. So no how crowds. is Venice
1: doing during the COVID-19?
0: Well, uh, you know, uh, nobody worked until uh, the beginning of June, oh. let's say. I started working a little bit in June, not with English people, English-speaking people. Uh, the people I mainly worked with were Germans.
1: How oh, Germans. So I worked,
0: yeah, a few works in uh, in, uh, in June. I think I did three or four tours in July. July was really down. In August, when I was just began, we will see. But we have a lot of great trippers from from the mainland, very close to us. You know, when they come to see Venice because they say it's empty? But then, if um, to be, you know, to be honest, it's not empty. It's always but not as crowded as you remember, with a 30 million tourists a year. And we are avoiding the cruise boats now, so you know, they're not coming. Mm. Um,
1: it's um, it's actually very disconcerting to see those huge cruise ships come into the the into venice it's they're, they're 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 bigger than the buildings it's you know there are people who are in favor and there are
0: people who are not
1: it depends
0: who you are mm-hmm. <laughs> which perspective
1: yeah i'm sure that it brings um income into venice and that's a good thing for sure since there were less tourists, you know, I keep seeing reports of things like the water is clear in the canals, there are dolphins in the canals. Is that all true? See, that's true. You could see crystal
0: clear water. I never saw it like that in all my life. Oh, I wow. must admit that. Wow. Never. Never I did. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Which places do you like to take your tour groups? I mean, I know you want to show them the main, the important, like. Well, not really. Not really. I mean, the main ones, unfortunately,
0: you see, I've always worked in tourism because when I started, obviously, I I worked when I was a a teenager for a lace shop. So I kept seeing a lot of people already. Then uh, when I was at the at the university, I started working for a, a boat company, and we were doing actually tours to the islands, major islands, you know, in the north. And then we used to go and pick up people uh, in the south of the Lagoon. And so one week I used to go north, and the next week it was south, which was big boring because in the south, I mean, this history, of course, but. It's all nearly the same landscape. Instead, of, in the north, it's much better. And then you stop and you see other you know, famous uh, uh, activities that they do on the islands, like lace, glass, and so on and so on. But uh, tourism changed. As soon as I became a, a guy in the year 2000, so 20 years ago, after an extremely difficult exam, <laughs> um, but if I didn't pass, I would not done it again by the way because it's really hard Uh, honestly they keep asking you very specific questions and you will never tell your people when when you have a tour but apart from that let's say that if in the beginning i used to go very often to museums uh, not just doge's palace academia rubenheim i was using really all the stuff i was meant to explain to people now Let's say in, in 10 years, tourism changed. If people go to museums, they go on the run. They say that they, they, they do not need a car. They In the case of Venice, they want to see the city outside. Mm. So there's a change. And they want to see, well, you know, Venice is a labyrinth uh, or a, a maze of streets. So we would like to see the narrow streets. Why don't you take us down where there are no crowds? We don't want to stay with the crowds and so on and so on. So our work changed. I suggest that we can do this tour, the specific tour, we can go and see this and this. most of the people choose usually just palace and St. Mark's. My favorite places, one of my favorite places is China the island in the north. Because when I was at high school, our we were studying art history. Our... Um, mm, Uh, teacher uh, said you have to choose a monument in Venice all of you in the whole class everybody had to choose one and together with another schoolmate you had to prepare the subject the research and you should have gone to see that building that you were preparing so remember going I was 15 years old taking the boat going with my classmate to that island looking inside looking at Decorations, And since then, when I had time, every now and then I used to go and see a church in Venice. So it was my hobby, actually, more than, it became my job. But originally it was my hobby.
1: <laughs> so you're, you were became, talking about the island of Torcello, see, is that right? Torcello. Yes. yes where you have less than 10 people now living there. And it. Isn't that considered one of the original places that people settled when they settled in this area?
0: Yes, because
1: exactly, you're right, Andrea. Uh,
0: let's say that uh, the river Sile, which combines uh, um, Altino, Altino was a city where those guys lived once. They had boats. They followed the river. The river ended up where there was this island, and they settled down like right that. And they built. That church is much older than St. Mark's Basilica.
1: It's very interesting, the church. And just to mention,
0: uh, one week ago on the television, uh, they they were talking about frescoes uh, that were recently discovered on the island. So we did some archaeological um, uh, excavations, uh, and probably history is changing, who knows, because they're making some new... Uh, evidence on uh, the fact that uh, there are some funds that are older or they are different from what they thought. So I don't know now. I cannot oh. tell you much about it. They're just
1: learning. They're learning new facts and things about it. You keep learning. The city is very unusual. You keep learning a lot of stuff. Little by little. I've been reading a little bit about uh, Palazzo Grimani. Is that the right way Palazzo to pronounce Grimani. it? Um, Grimani. Uh, yes. Sir. It was interesting to me because it it's um, has the Venetian Renaissance architecture. It's a good example of that. Is that correct?
0: That's correct. But uh, Palazzo Grimani di Santa Maria Formosa, because it's very close to that square. Why do I refer to Palazzo Grimani as Santa Maria Formosa? Because there were different Grimani families. So when you refer to them, you should uh, say the name uh, where well they would uh, add another name immediately after because it was the name they were well known for because they were Grimani They Servi, for example, and then there were the Grimani that still exist and live at San Luca. The Grimani you're talking about, they died out in the 19th century. And uh, the building uh, was built uh, by the father, Doge Antonio Grimani. He was Duke in 1521. 1523, and he was elected Doge when he was 87 years old, mm. another exception, the Venice people were very, their um, life, life expectancy, let's say, was very high. And the Doge Grimani was in exile, by the way, so he lived in exile because he was captain before becoming duke of the Venetian fleet. The and he lost the battle against the Turks. So that was a disgrace for the country, so they sent him in exile. Then he came back just for the reason that his family uh, was a, how can we say in English, it was a family that had a very good link and a good relationship with Rome, with the papacy, what Venice didn't have, so they left him Duke. One of his sons was Cardinal and he never became Pope,
1: Mm.
0: for the reason he was to Venetian, Venetian, as you probably know, used to say that they were Venetian first, Christian next and Catholic last. Unfortunately, Palazzo Grimani, uh, I hope, stays open because we don't have so many people to go and see it, Mm? not very many tourists going many guests. Going there, the
1: well, the next time I come, I'm going to ask you to take me there because it sounds very interesting. It's something really special. By the way. What about the neighborhood and Arsenale? Can you tell us something about that area?
0: Castello. Oh, that Castel- it's always Cast- Arsenale, the shipyard is always in Castello. Uh, the rest, uh, Castello is a great area because uh, obviously some parts were, um, I mean, Venice was built from east to west. And uh, uh, if you see the location of the Arsenale, you can definitely see it's much closer to the sea, the Adriatic Sea. Because the thought also about, so they took care of pollution. So if you look at the location of many, um, let's say, like the slaughterhouse, uh, like many uh, all the. They were dyeing wool, uh, clothes, etc. They were doing it outside. So you have the shipyard. The shipyard uh, was at the first, let's say, shipyard was built in the 11th century. It's the same date of the first Rialto bridge, approximately the the same date as the last construction of St. Mark's Basilica. So it refers to the area around which Venice was built. Because Venice was built really around San Marco, Arsenale, Rialto. Originally around those three places, there were a castle, so the word Castello comes from castle, mm? a, a castle and a church in all the three major places, and then it developed little by little. Mm? Of course, the Castello is not just famous for uh, the Arsenale, which was like uh, uh, a factory, like uh, we're talking about the industrial, English industrial revolution, that's before but they were working, I like if they were working in the factory because they were making the boats one per, uh, the, uh, section, and another section they were making the skeleton of the boats. Uh, they were towing boats as well as they were making them. Uh, they were making the dodges boats and so on and so on. But in the same area, not too far away, but for people who cannot walk is extremely far away, there is also the old Cathedral of Venice, San Pietro di Castello. So the area was really famous, very active, until the time of Napoleon was passing marks the cathedral. In that area, you have this huge church, which is less important now And many other sites, such as San Giovanni Paolo, that you know, the pantheon of uh, the dodges, where the dukes were buried, the tombs inside, you can follow a the theme on the tombs of the dukes. And next to, to the, the uh, to San Giovanni Paolo, the masterpiece of architecture, you have what we call Scuola di San Marco, our hospital. The hospital, do you remember the Renaissance façade? Yes, which is I remember
1: hospital, that.
0: Which is an amazing hospital that most of the people think it's another church. They say, oh, well, how many churches there are in Venice? And I say, that's not a church, and it's never been a church, but it's a hospital
1: really. when we were with you we we sneaked in there in the in the lobby and looked around it's it's very beautiful yes yeah. yeah and i
0: left you around the corner
1: remember the first
0: time i met you yeah i remember leaving you on the boat
1: around the <laughs> corner <laughs> i know you, you thought like that was movie. very humorous that we jumped on the boat to the way to Murano. Yeah. Tell us a story about um, Santa Maria della Salute and and why that came, why that was built and what it signifies.
0: Ah, Santa Maria della Salute. Well, actually, uh, you know that now we're talking a lot about uh, the coronavirus. In Venice, uh, the Black Plague broke out very often, is that right So, I usually, when I speak with Italian people, it depends on who I'm speaking to. Uh, With Italian people, I remember uh, the plague, uh, famous plague of the Middle Ages, because a famous uh, Italian writer wrote novels. And I usually mention the last one, Dealing with La Salute, because it deals with another very famous uh, writer, writer, who wrote Promessi Sposi, you might remember and uh, from uh, Milan, and uh, in fact uh, the church you're talking about was built after a plague, and after the plague uh, the government decided to construct an enormous church at the beginning of the Grand Canal, there two domes, one is huge, one is smaller, on top of which you have also uh, the symbol of um, uh, Mary, but she is wearing captain's clothes, she looks like a captain, Mm, of the Venetian fleet, you remember the tennis. Huh? Uh, usually you don't see it, you should have a binocular to see that, <laughs> by the way. It's the architecture of that church, which is interesting, you know, because uh, the inside, uh, what you see outside is huge. But inside looks smaller than you might expect. Um, we have another one, as you know, the Redeemers, mm, on the Judaca island, built for the same purpose, but at least approximately 100 years before and in both cases uh, our town council constructs wooden bridges to connect sides of the island to Venice, in the case of Giudecca, and the two sides of the Grand Canal, in case we're talking about the Salute, and in both cases we have a celebration. Post-Venetian people like both. One is in the summer and one is in winter. One was in July. Unfortunately, we didn't have any fireworks Hmm? because usually we have fireworks. The local people, um, as I used to live on Judea, and I lived there 30 years, imagine, uh, on the day of the Redeemers, uh, on the Saturday, everybody, even one week before, everybody was uh, getting ready, writing with chalk on the street, along the water. This is my place. I will come here. I will bring down my table. My chairs, and don't you dare occupy my space? Sometimes there were people arguing uh, because of that, or boats are moving very close, so they couldn't see, and so on and so on. And people enjoyed and socialized preparing food, usually fish, special recipes, there are special recipes uh, for that occasion. Both cases, Redinus and Salute Salute is very cold, usually, it's on the 21st of um, November. People go on foot. Uh, usually, it's uh, nice for the kids because uh, uh, parents buy candies, balloons, uh, you know, and so on, so
1: on. It sounds like a lot of fun, but you you didn't did that did not happen this year. Is that correct because of the virus? Mm,
0: people went round by boat uh, because some young people go round by boat. They had music on board, and then they go to swim at the Lido Island. Mm-hmm. It's tradition to go to swim at the Lido. But uh, no fireworks, our mayor decided one week before not to have the, audition. obviously not, uh, too late, uh, we should have said, before he was cancelling that, we hope for next year. But it's still very, um, cele- there are many celebrations, as you know, like the Carnevale. Carnevale is famous, but you know, not as famous as the Redeemers to us. The dinner is always very, very welcome by the, the local people, really enjoy and then the next day you have a regatta, a regatta, a rowing race. In way, mm? my grandfather also a champion of uh, the regatta storica, the historical regatta. Mm? He
1: won very many huh. along the Grand Canal. Wonderful! Mm? The first day I was in Venice many many years ago. It was during the regatta i I had no idea that it was happening, and there was all this beautiful all these beautiful boats and people and costumes and it was it was a wonderful surprise yeah there are some uh, unfortunately
0: I mean we hope uh, because I'm in favor as you know of sustainable tourism so that uh, I started working ten years ago with smaller groups, and I keep doing that, but, uh, you know, it it seems like it's going in a different way, Mm -hmm. the other way around, rather than, we hope that uh, we manage uh, in that way. because Venice needs, really, needs uh, tourism of quality. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, uh, you are bringing people, like, are interested, you know, that are staying there for a few days. Uh, Not everybody's welcome but uh, uh, the city is too small. Yes, Can you imagine groups of 50? I
1: mean, that's it's what, an invasion sometimes. That's one of the reasons it seems like the, the tour ships are just um, overwhelming the city, and I don't know the whole story about that, but it just seems like that that's what would happen.
0: Uh, but, uh, you see,
1: um,
0: young people are not staying because um, it's hard for them. There are some people who are willing to stay, but the prices, as you know, the apartments are high. But in any way, people like me, if I'm in Venice, uh, today I'm not, because the reason why I told you if people do it today is because I was traveling uh, from Venice to the mountains. I prefer to stay away because uh, it's too, it was too hot uh, and now the temperature's gone down. It was nearly 40 degrees uh, on Friday. Mm-hmm. It was very, very, very hot, very sticky. And I was working on Friday uh, late afternoon. Then it changed and it rained and now it's gone down of nearly 20 degrees centigrade because, you know, it's humid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, if, I was, uh, if I were in Venice, I'm staying at home. I'm going out uh, shopping and then
1: I'm going back. Are, because, there, um, are there restrictions still happening uh, having to do with COVID? Having you know having to stay in and uh, work? Where- well, uh, right at the
0: moment, Italy is quite safe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the only thing we always recommend, and I do recommend as a guide, is if one uh, comes uh, to bring obviously his uh, mask to cover the face with the mask. Uh, in museums, uh, if you go to museums in because of my job, you have to keep it down, you have to wear it on. you have to wear it on in churches. And uh, then outside, you're not obliged. Mm. Just if you go inside shops and museums and churches, and what's inside, what's supermarket or whatever. Outside, I prefer to wear it. Because if I'm in a place like, in you know, Venice, as narrow streets, you have people going one way and people coming the other way around. So I'm wearing it. There are people who do not care. That's their uh, own. Venice, as Venice, downtown, let's say, didn't have any problems. You know that most of the people who live in the city are people who are a certain age, right? They're 80, 90s. I was looking at the funeral lives uh, a couple of days ago, and I was showing some people, 94, 97 years old. But, uh, I mean... Uh, Venice had six or seven cases. So if the province of Venice had more,
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Italy had, uh, I mean, our region has been uh, our, the president of our region, if you want to put it, state, uh, was very clever. Very, very clever. He was really, he did a great job.
1: uh, We
0: have elections uh, for the region and uh, I think uh, he is going to be
1: re-elected. Way. I know that Milan was very bad. I know that yeah Italy in general, especially northern Italy, uh, has had a hard time, but um, you guys me. got on top of it and, <laughs> yeah and, and like, unlike me. our leadership here, which i 'm sorry to say has been terrible, but anyway let 's move on to something else more interesting um, so you know i 've been hearing for years and years about this um, mechanism for trying to save the Venice from the high water. Um, what is that the called? Mose. The Mose? Mose. Is, that, is that an operation, or how is that going? Well, you know,
0: a couple of weeks ago, our prime minister, his name is Conte, he came to Venice, and the mechanism was tested. So they had to bring it out to the water from the bottom to the top. Matter. a couple of uh, it's formed by many pieces and many barriers by the way put together very huge one and very thick ones and they've been put together with um, uh, hinges at some point the hinge they couldn't find the right hinges then the hinges were rusty. then something else was not working then they the, the prime minister said i'm coming to venice and i want to see with my own eyes this thing it has to be done, and we have to see whether it's working or not. You know that since the very beginning, since the 1960s, we had professors from all over, from Holland, from England. Where you have already various the towns and whatever in um, in Amsterdam, in, in in Holland, and then discussions. But really, the whole thing started in 2002, as far as I remember, the construction of it. And since then, so it's already 18 years, kept postponing and postponing, not ready yet. I don't want to blame anybody that it's not ready yet. But, you know, in Venice, always um, two different parties, one in favor and one was not in favor. Because it might change, they say, the ecosystem. You know that we, our lagoon is like a bay, which is fed by the, wood, by the sea, and the sea comes in from three mouths. And so... The, the water goes in and goes out every, approximately every six hours. We have high tide and low tide twice a day. And because of that, the water keeps circulating and it's clean and it cleans the area. Closing might change and who knows what's going We cannot tell those effects
1: until, until um, that stuff
0: start, starts working.
1: Uh, well, Caterina, can you think of anything else that you would like to tell my listeners about, about Venice? Places or ideas or whatever?
0: Well, uh, that if people come uh, uh, to Venice, uh, obviously I recommend always the, to see the main uh, sites uh, because if you've never been to Venice, obviously, it's very important to get uh, the idea of the history of the art but once you've done that, at least uh, if you're staying for a short time, I, a couple of things must be done. George's Palace, church, the Grand Canal, to go up to the tower, whether it is uh, in St. Mike's or on St. George's Island, you know, the little island facing in St. Mike's, or the terrace at the Pontego if it's going to be open in the following years. And then uh, to take, I don't know, a gondola ride uh, in order to see the narrow canal. Those are very important things. Then, if a person comes to Venice and special requests to work it out uh, with the person in charge, I mean, uh, before he comes to Venice, so if one has special interests in art or in something that can be organized, we can organize uh, tours at the square or, you know, to see how gondolas are made, which some people are interested in in that. It's uh, like... uh, a craftsmanship, because some people think always about the glass. Glass, obviously, is interesting, but there are other things. Uh, there is a um, 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 where I live, I'm behind, and it's the only one left in the world that makes, you know, the, um, the gold leaf. Mm. Gold leaf is made in a special way. Venice made it in the past because they needed it. Today, we have one person who knows. Obviously, to see those things, they cost, because you have an extra cost uh, to, add, uh, to organize, to go and see it. But it might be something that people might not think of. You might think of Carnivale to see, the, to bring the kids, uh, if somebody has kids, uh, to school, to make a course, of making masks. Or you can take a, a, a kitchen, um, uh, how do you call it, a um, course, uh, culinary mm. uh, uh, no day, be uh, to To know how people uh, make recipes, there are some some of those chefs who go to you know a Rialto Market, buy uh, food uh, with uh, the guests, and then go back and then prepare the food with them, and then they eat it. That might be another interesting thing you might uh, be interested. What in. about
1: the Venetian mosaic? Is there are there places you can go? See, watch there them? is one place. There is one.
0: Uh, that place is called Orzoni, O-R-S-O-N-I, Sony. It's in Cana Reggio, not far away from the Jewish quarter.
1: Okay, well, I want to tell my listeners that if they are interested in hiring you or anyone else in your group um, for a guide, you can see that that, Katharina knows the place well and can take you wherever you want, really. And she's with with Venicewithaguide.com. And I'll put this information uh, and Katerina's email in the show notes so anyone listening can look at that. And I want to thank you so much, Katharina, for being on today and telling us about some of these interesting places and happenings in Venice. So thank you again, and I hope to see you sometime soon. Oh, well, of course, we hope so. Uh, the best, and thanks to you. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Ciao, Caterina. Stay bene. Well, that's it for this episode of Italy Inside Out. This podcast is sponsored by Travel in Italia leading small group tours on the mainland and islands of Italy. You can find more information at www.travelinitalia.com. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe to this podcast. And until next time, Arrivederci!